0: Good e- good evening everyone. Welcome, Hawks Insiders. Thursday night safe space. It is um, September the eighth. It is the eve of the AFL semifinals. My name is Ashley Brown. We are here to talk for the next little while about all things Hawthorne Football Club But it happened in the eight or so days since we were last on. A lot of The listings, they all seem to follow, and retirement, seem to follow our emergency safe space last week about Tom Mitchell. We'll get into the state of the list as it stands at the moment. We'll look at the AFLW team. Interesting piece today that uh, Andrew Weiss, who will join us shortly, in one second fact, dropped about how the Hawks are faring off the field. So a little bit to get through and a bit of movement in the admin there at the club as well. So we've got enough to tide us over for the next little while. We are down a few soldiers in Clarko speak tonight, but we will get there. So we uh, we really do encourage you. have got a question to uh, uh, request to speak, and we'll certainly get you on tonight as we can make this, <coughs> excuse me, as wide-ranging conversation as possible with as many voices as we can. So firstly, let me say good evening to my co-host, Andrew Weiss. Hello.
1: Good evening, Ash. Good evening, everyone, and yeah, definitely echo that this the this- this is the time to be able to have conversations about anything that anyone wants to bring up, no matter how random it is, whether it's players you think we should be looking at or uh, the listings we should be making, or if you want to speak about Jeffrey or the club or anything, now's the time. So yeah, looking forward to a good chat this evening.
0: And uh, he made it, we were a bit worried he'd be stuck, uh, stuck at work, but he's made it here uh, Brad Clemanty. Hello, Brad. Evening all. Work is on hold.
2: Busy time. Good to be here. 25 days to trade. Official trade week
0: begins. So looking forward to it. It will be... It's all happening before then. As we know in this industry, Brad, one of the deals are already being thrashed out at a cafe somewhere near you, me, or anyone who's listening tonight, no doubt. Um... It feels a bit weird not talking about uh, the reviewing of the game. We'll get to AFLW in a little while. Um, they had a pretty bleak afternoon out, at Box Hill, their first home game last Sunday. So we'll talk about the events of the week as in chronological order as I remember it. Um, and the first one, I guess, was the uh, retirement of William Shields, which I don't think we got to. Did we get to the last week? No, no. So let's talk about. So Liam Shields has officially hung up the boots. He will be. Uh, uh, there was some suggestion that Clyco uh, might be looking at him to go to North, but uh, he is. Uh, he has pulled up the boots. Uh, might be playing. Certainly won't be playing for another team next year. Whether he's involved is a uh, another question. Uh, Brad, the end of a great career.
2: Absolutely, champion of the football club. A an underrated player obviously played in our successful sides because we had so many superstar players he sort of was a bit down uh, the pecking order but the best thing about Shields is was just a consistent effort 100% of the time he was hard good tackler great teamman great clubman would have been an awesome uh, teammate and goes out of one club uh, player so even, you know, from his uh, early days, just a consistently good player. Came across as a really good person and, yeah, will go down
0: as, you know, a champion of our football club. Well, you see, when Liam Shields was at his best, what was his, uh, the, this expression that's coming to play for you now, what was, his, uh, what was his one word?
1: Oh, I think he was just such an unassuming footballer and, and you know we we've spent we've spent every week reviewing players through you know the last couple of seasons, and there are so many players we talk about. The first that comes to mind is a Blake Hardwick that, outside of the footy club, are not necessarily rated. But we talk about how good. No, he's a C. He's a C single... grader according to yeah, like <laughs> according to Bucky. Um, yeah, which is unbelievable. That's that's another point we can discuss for the, for the remaining uh, 55 minutes. Um, but, I, I mean, Liam Shields was that guy, right? Like, he spent a period of time where he actually was put into a tagging role. He adapted his game to be an out-and-out midfielder in his own right. Um, he could kick goals. He could play in and under. And he just did his role he was a role player and when you talk about that successful era you know and and we talk about our, our superstars the reality is it's everyone else you know we talk about the game plan and you know the one soldier goes down and another comes in that whole side of things we were reliant on players just playing their role week in week out that was Liam Shields and Interestingly, I mean, those those following Clarko to North rumours, obviously, uh, were were a good another little reminder to take what you read in the papers as uh, with a grain of salt. But I actually got to see him live. I was at the Box Hill game, um, the final up at up in the Gold Coast, and. which was obviously his last game connected to the club. And he actually came off with the blood rule. He had bandages up his nose. He had blood flowing everywhere and didn't actually do much in terms of his footy on the night. But um, that probably sort of, you know, summed him up as a a footballer. He was just a warrior for us.
0: Yeah. a, A great player. He, uh, we may get a chance to farewell next year. Hawthorne's new thing is to, uh, you know, the guys back this year for the farewell lap of honor. So, so maybe next year there will be a chance to for supporters to so, formally farewell him. He's left a huge, um, a huge, uh, impression on the club. They say the best bloke, the best clubman sort of over the past 10, 15 years. So, uh, well played pup puts the number, uh, the famous number 26 jumper now up for grabs and uh, some stage later on we'll speculate as to who at the club might be the one uh, that inherits that famous jumper. Um, around the same time, the Hawks also came out with the uh, delisted four. And then they listed another one after that, but we said we'll try and do this in some sort of chronological order. So the four players who were delisted were um, Connor Downey and, um, uh, Jackson Callow, Dan Howe, and Tom Cheap, uh, Dirty Goal Phillips. Let's go through them one by one quickly. We'll start uh, in. Uh, we'll go in the alphabetical order of Callow. Any major surprises there, either of you?
2: No surprise for me. Uh, I know he played a few games early on this year. I said. At uh, the time, you could just tell. Unfortunately, he was a step below uh, the level. Uh, we took a punt on him. You know, we got him in the mid-season draft. Local Tassie boy. I think he dot- played really. I think he came through the sandful. Um, yeah, no surprise at all. I know we're quite slim with key position forwards, but unfortunately for Callow, I just don't think he was ever going to make it as an AFL footballer.
1: Yeah, I probably, I, I totally a, agree in terms of having no issues with him being delisted. He'd be the most I was surprised at, uh, especially with a couple of names that are still um, yet to be re-signed or delisted in that um, he's promising, callow and he's still so young. So I thought there would have been a, a chance that he um, might get another season on the list and... Um, get given an opportunity to develop a little bit more but um, no qualms with that being you know part of the number of spots needed in terms of future list list management decisions.
0: Yeah I think he played three or so games I think he played in a win actually I don't think he ever got to actually go in the circle and be dows with Powerade and sing the song but uh, yeah it didn't sort of uh, show anything that made you thought and Hawthorne have had a couple of a few players lately come through in their first game. You've looked at them and thought, uh, they, um, they've got something to offer. So, um, I just didn't quite have that. It's interesting how the forward line in terms of key forwards is not a lot there, but uh, they in, in, in Sam we trust as we like to say. Um, next one is Connor Downey. I, um, but sort of surprised me. I mean, he never had a look at it this year with his um with his series of hatching injuries and we all thought that he'd be a uh, high in the pecking order for um the new head of fitness, Peter Burge, uh when he arrives at the club. But uh no, they've just spent pretty quickly, decided he uh he's not gonna play. We you we see you and I at the practice game against the Bulldogs last year where he just looked pretty good, albeit a bit one sided, but he sort of was cruising around and thought, Oh, he's this guy, uh Shown something, but uh, no, he is uh, not going to move with the club next year. I so wonder whether he uh, – sort of player strikes me, probably he might get a chance somewhere else, or maybe they might think about putting the rookie list or something later on. I was surprised. I thought he would get one more year, one more crack at it to uh, get his fitness going, see what he has to offer. But it uh, sounds like uh, when it comes to the three of us, I'm in the minority. Brad? Uh,
2: yeah, I was slightly surprised. He was only on our list for two years. Unfortunately, he only played two games, and one of those was as the sub round one against, I think it was the Bombers, uh, you know, in his draft year. He was quite a high draft pick, so I thought he would probably get one more year, but... It was disappointing. We saw him play a lot for Box Hill in between his injuries and really uh, struggled. He, you know, struggled to get more than 15 uh, possessions per game. I know you mentioned that Bulldogs practice game, which was probably the best game he actually played, and he earned, you know, his debut game last year, even though Clarko decided to make him the sub, which was very disappointing. And he plays a position where we lack uh, depth. Carl at is obviously going to come into our club, but at the moment now, other than Harry Morrison, maybe we don't really have an we don't really have um another winger. So that was the position. Phil Phillips is the other one, which we'll touch on, who plays in the same uh, position. So there's obviously a plan to push one of uh, you'd think Day, uh, maybe a Lockie Bramble, if he you, you know can get his fitness back up, or maybe a CJ on the wing uh, next year.
1: And not to forget Carl Amon coming into the club. Uh, yeah. as as a winger ash, I think just to touch on or just to add to the points you guys have both raised, I think one of the other disappointments from a Downey point of view is um he came through the next gen academy um and you know there was a lot of the discussion which was very exciting about wanting to represent the chinese community and um, being a role model for the Chinese community, with you know the per- his parents' heritage, or his I think it was his mum's Chinese, um, and then also, uh, if I remember correctly, you you guys will correct me, but I think there were the rumours that Essendon were into him um, draft night, but didn't didn't come after him, and so he slipped a lot further than he was expected to be. Um, put up and obviously we were able to match the bid um, and take him and felt like we had really won out of it. So, I mean, all of those things also combined make it disappointing. But again, you know, it's the nature of the industry, isn't it? And when you've got to make X number of spots available to keep it ticking over, uh, it's, it's hard to begrudge someone who, as Brad mentioned, has actually only played the one the one actual game.
0: Well, we, uh, we wish him very well going forward. As I said, wouldn't be entirely surprised to see him up the system somewhere. Now, Hawthorne have delisted Daniel Howe uh, with that risky number, Brad, of 96 games.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's, which I'm sure we'll touch on, uh, uh, Benny Allen's boy, 98 games for Hawthorne, and he's going to be an absolute flyer for
0: next year's draft. Well, it's a story. We'll digress for a minute, we will – we regret uh, the Noah Anderson story, well-known. <laughs> Alan Joyce basically thought he was soft as butter at the end of 92 and traded him to St Kilda for – infamously for Tim Allen, who played all of about eight games for Hawthorne. So that was a – that's the reason Dean Anderson didn't get his last season as a dual premiership player at the Hawks. He was treated very, very harshly by Alan Joyce. Um, so we can be shitty with Alan Joyce, what he's done for Qantas and Hawthorne's – Waters can be well. He was a dual premiership coach, so he can't be too shitty, but be disappointed with Alan Joyce, the Hawthorne coach, for uh ditching Dean Anderson one year too early. Um, but uh, yeah, so Dan, Dan Howe, 96 games, uh, how would you sum up his career?
2: Uh, I'd say good clubman. Um, he seemed to be really liked by the players, Clarko seemed to really like him. A similar mould to a few of our other fringe players, who is too good for the VFL, but not quite good enough for the AFL. Uh, you know, he obviously nearly played 100 games, but he's been on been on our list for a while. I think he's the type of player who'll probably get another chance with another club. I wouldn't be surprised if Clarko takes him to North. Uh, solid clubman, but yeah, he's not the type of player who you'd think we'll be playing as a finals footballer for us when we're back playing finals in, you know, hopefully two, if not three years' time. So, Lauren, Sam, good
0: evening. Got a question for us? Take yourself off mute. Switch thank, on your mic.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Perfect, mate. Um, good evening, everyone. Good evening, Ash. Good evening, um, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Brad, you actually answered one of the questions about um, about Connor Downey that I was going to ask earlier. But I have another question for all of you, which is um, kind of about, well, I, I see that we have been potentially linked to plays such as uh, Ollie Henry from Collingwood, um, Tanner Brun from GWS, have – I know it's pretty similar to how I asked the questions earlier last week about, say, Gunson, Bruce, and uh, Wingard, Sanger, the Hawks. But um, where do you kind of like see us bidding and competing, you know, with the likes of, say, Geelong for Brun and, um, and, and so on? Like, do you think that we are a realistic target for one, two, or several of these targets? Because they would be. Really, I think, really talented, great fits for the club, especially um, Ollie and so on. Yeah, it's a good question. Go ahead,
2: Brad. Yeah, I was going to say both are really good chances of coming to Hawthorne. The issue we've got, first of all, with Tanner Bruin at the moment now is... Uh, Jacob Hopper was Geelong's uh, number one uh, target, and he's actually ah, going okay. to Richmond. Yep. Uh, so Richmond, are, I know people will say, you know, they're crazy. They're going to be giving up three first-round draft picks. Mm. They've done brilliant They have done incredibly well to get Taranto and uh, Hopper.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They'll that those two players. I know they're going to be signing big deal, seven-year deals. Seven year deals mm. But for where Richmond's list is at at the moment, those two are really going to help them because it'll allow. Dusty and Shea Bolton to play forward. Mm. But the issue we've got now is Geelong are going to go in for Tanner Brewer now because Hopper was their number one target. Oh, okay. uh, and they need midfield depth. I still think he's a good chance of coming to us. Mm. I believe we are his favourite club. It'll be interesting to see what Geelong go back to him with now in mm. terms of length of contract and uh, dollars. Ollie Henry, I believe, has shown an interest in us and is the perfect player for us, uh, especially, as you mentioned, to replace Jack Gunston in a couple of years' time, even mm. if Gunston leaves. Ollie Henry was a first-round draft pick. Uh, he showed really good signs the first half of this year. Uh, Ash Johnson, who's been an incredible story and a great pickup for Collingwood, has uh, replaced him. Uh, Ollie Henry's the type of player who could be put in uh, the Mitchell trade. should Collingwood really go half oh, to Mitchell. I see. Yeah. That could be um, Ollie Henry and, you know, Picks and Tom Mitchell going to Collingwood for Picks coming back as well. So that's what I reckon. Both are a good chance to come to us. And I think yeah. both would be in our starting 22
3: round one next year. I agree.
0: Let me, yeah. te- let me tell you the story about our WhatsApp group. So uh, the other <laughs> night, uh, Taylor Adams goes down with a, uh, with a, a very unfortunate groin injury. And... Uh, We see how long before Brad put on the uh, WhatsApp group. Oh, great! Now (laughs) we can trade Mitchell to Collingwood. Uh, Seconds.
1: Seconds. I reckon he had it in his drafts, and he just needed to add Collingwood.
0: I had it at the start of the game. (laughs) Going to get injured. So there's Mr. Mr. Pragmatic Brad already thinking thinking on his feet.
1: Do you know what? Like, I I think that we need to remember, and Ash, we've talked a lot about this throughout the year, like it is so early in this three, four, five-year development cycle and we knew it was going to take a lot of time before with what Sammy and, and the whole department are putting together, we become a destination club. So in for me personally, if we miss out on a broom. If we miss out on an Ollie Henry, obviously there are good opportunities to get some good young talent in. But the fact that Carl Amon's been tapped up early and is coming and he's he's a quality get, if we don't get a couple of others this year, I, I don't think it's anything to be too alarmed at because after another 12 months of development with our systems and if results go, you know, the way we're hoping next year, I think then we're going to be starting this twelve month, whether it's pre twenty four or throughout the year pre twenty five, looking at some very big names coming to the club.
0: There's two types of destination mm-hmm. clubs. There's two types of destination clubs, right? There is the destination club for Hopper and Toronto, who are in their mid twenties, and they, this is their big contract, and they, they they want to they're going to leave the be extracted from the Giants. You want to go to somewhere where you can get some success. So that's what Hawthorne would have no appeal to those sort of players. And understandably so. Same reason why Brodie Grundy is not going to even, you know, bother, take he wouldn't even take a phone call, I'm sure, from Sam Mitchell for the, for exactly the same reason. He's going to leave Collingwood, he's going to go to Geelong or he's going to go to Melbourne. He's going to go somewhere he can win a flag. But then there's destination clubs for players who are on the fringe or or just starting out their careers and want to do something with their careers. And that's a and that's sort of the Jack Gunson model almost. That Gunson was Hawthorne's destination club for a second year player wanting to, or th- going to his third year, who wanted to leave and put down roots at a football club. So I, I agree with you about the big names, Wesley, but I think for guys like Henry and Bruin, Hawthorne's a fantastic cl- club to come to because it's you, you, a bunch of guys in a similar position. There's identifiable roles for both of them in the side. Henry comes straight away into the side as a you know, if Henry comes in, he'd almost, you know, I mean, he could play alongside Gunson for a year. And then if Gunson finishes after that, Henry, you know, he's got an incredible upside. And Broome just walks into that, just becomes part of the midfield mix straight away and offers something. So I think it is a dead. I'm, you know, the, I would think Hawthorne would be really keen to get one or both both of them across because I think they add to the size straight away. And their players, and the sell from Hawthorne to those guys is you can come here and build, build your career. Uh, and build a long-term career. Look what we did for a guy like Jack Gunston.
1: Would that change your thoughts, Ash, in terms of losing a Jack Gunston if he's immediately replaced with a young talent like Henry? Well, I
0: think it'll cost Hawthorne wins next year. You know, I've said this before. I think Hawthorne could conceivably be a better team next year and, and be getting to where it wants to be more quickly next year, but actually win fewer games. I actually could see Hawthorne losing, you know, dropping back and wins five or six games next year potentially. Um, But it's actually in their long term. And I know this has been written about by a couple, I think John Ralph's taken this line as well. Could be a a really beneficiary for Hawthorne with fewer wins. And that's what, if you bring Henry in and maybe then you solo hard and let Gunson walk, you know, it'll cost you games. But then you've got Henry there potentially for the next 10 years. So I have no problem with it. For me, and I wish Prinsley was here because this is his, um, this is his absolute specialty. As long as the first round pick is protected by Hawthorne, which it will be, everything else should be up. For, everything else is, as far as I'm concerned, is up for, is up for negotiation. As long as that first round pick is protected, and if you have to sacrifice it, but it end up getting both Brune and Gun and uh, Henry through the door, as guys who are barely twenty years old, to me, that's a great outcome. I don't know what you thought, what you think, Brad.
2: Absolutely, and. To your point for next season, next year's draft is incredibly strong. This year's draft is quite strong, but next year's is really, really strong and I agree I can't see us winning more than eight games next season, which is not a bad thing. If we continue the, the aim for next year is going to be to get 15 to 20 games into the young players who played this year. we'll get it, you know, obviously we've got pick seven this year. We need to continue getting games with the core group of players uh, together, and unfortunately, we don't have that top end talent and enough and enough depth to win, you know, a double figure games. So, it's not going to be a bad thing, as uh, you said, Ash. And to bring in quality like Bruin and uh, Henry, they, as uh, you said, those two are the two perfect type of players to play with Ward and McDonald and CJ. Um, and Jai, you know, and uh, those guys, hopefully continue to get games into Butler and Sarong. Uh, we've got the core there to really build a strong, solid side to, you know, really push to play finals. I don't think Hawthorne's playing finals for at least another three years. I'd be surprised if... I he... don't agree
0: with that. I think if you look yeah. at Sydney, if you look at Sydney and Fremantle, it doesn't... Hawthorne shouldn't expect to... A... Hawthorne's list is... In, is, is... Tracking similar to those two, those this a couple of years ago. So yeah. I, I don't agree. I think 2024, I think they think 2024 is the year they play, they think they can play finals, but probably the Premiership is probably a year or two, Premiership contention is probably closer to 2026. But I don't agree with that 2024, but that's something we can talk about in the really quiet part of the uh, summer when uh, we're, we're trying to find some things to talk about in the spaces. But yeah, I think going back to your first point, Andrew, I think Hawthorne is a destination club for a certain type of player. Not for the Tarantos, Grundys and Hoppers of the world, but for a Henry and Brune. Hawthorne should be, be, be really pitching very hard. And I think the number one weapon they've got is Mitchell. I think Mitchell's the type of guy get in with those guys and, uh, and, and get them on board pretty quickly. Let's continue on. Uh, the last player who um, was delisted was Tom Phillips, who came across from Collingwood. Uh, played a reasonable first year. We didn't see much of him in the second year because of injuries. Uh, never a popular player with the fans. I think he was uh, good value around the club. I think he was a very popular clubman. But uh, again, uh, disposal probably below par. People would look at it and say that uh, Amon would be a huge upgrade on Tom Phillips. And on that point, it is hard to argue. But when you look at both Phillips and Downey departing and only Aim coming back, and Harry Morrison resigning. We'll get to shortly. Uh, the outside mid, they, they're going to have to fashion some out. They're going to have to fashion some outside mids from somewhere else, don't you think?
2: Yeah, Phillips was an interesting one. He came to us with high hopes. I think we got him reasonably cheap. I think it was a third round draft pick. Could have even been a fourth round draft pick. Incredibly, his 2018 season for Collingwood. He was on the fringe of all Australian. He had an incredible season. Uh, he played all 22 games for us last year, and he played the four senior games for us this year. I think he was the sub a couple of times. Just didn't work out. Similar um, to a few of our other players, like uh, Connor Downey was always uh, hurt, really struggled for fitness this season. He was a good uh, runner, incredibly fit. But unfortunately, his skills were just really, really poor. He did kick goals, but you know we've called it—you know—those fluky goals. He was a bit of a goal kicker, but he just wasn't good enough in terms of his skills to be a quality uh, winger for us. And we really have struggled since uh, Isaac left, and uh, Bradley Hill obviously went to Fremantle, and now he's playing for St Kilda. The wing positions are crucial in uh, with the way footy's played uh, these days. And I would say that's why Carl Amon's come to us on, you know, quite a big deal. You know, we've signed him up for five years, but we really, you know, have struggled in that, that area on the field. So, yeah, as I said, Carl coming in's great. He'll obviously replace, you know, guys like Phillips. Um, but we really need a second one. So, would have been good if Phillips had continued his career uh, with us and found some form. But yeah, um, as Ash mentioned, seemed like a popular guy. But, you know, similar but, to Dan Howe, I think he probably might get a second chance somewhere
1: else. Third, chance. third chance. Oh, what's really interesting yeah, with third, Phillips yeah, third is chance. we, you know, at the time we thought this was Graham Wright's best fleecing for quite some time in, in the Collingwood fire sale. And um, I remember speaking to Collingwood supporters who were very happy because of his disposal to see him leave. <laughs> And um, I mean, hindsight's a funny thing when you look at the progression of Jaden Stevenson um, as well as Tom Phillips and what they've been able to do since that fire sale. And yeah, it's unfortunate because we thought we had, uh, we literally thought we had a part of our next premiership covered given his age and the need for a winger. Um, and he loved the scrappy goals in me. I think he kicked 13 goals in 21, and I don't think one single one of them was clean.
3: They're
0: all mung the fluke snaps from the pocket. So, yeah, we again, we uh, we when you uh, if you raise Hawthorne, Hawthorne brace you, he was a popular club man for a couple of years. Uh, and let's hope we see him at another club next season. So, by our reckoning, and there are. This is who is unclear their future for next season. Uh, Saunders, Morris, Seamus Mitchell, Emerson Jecker, Jack Gunston, and Kent Brockman. Now, let's know look, what we know about each of them. Brockman, we uh, homesick at the start of the year, did his shoulder. The year was a complete write off. Can play, he's got talent there, but it, heading to his third year, uh, needs to. Uh, needs to find something. Um, West Coast, very keen on him in his draft year. They could be looking to to get him back. Gunston, well, it's basic decisions here. Sam Mitchell said that he can, um, you know, he'll play football next year. Where he plays is up to him. So it sounds like Hawthorne, uh, are very keen for him to play, uh, put an offer to him. He's got to decide whether he wants to do that or go somewhere else. I think uh, once Brisbane loses, is out of the finals, be that uh, tomorrow night or whenever that may be, it may become a little bit clearer because I think Brisbane is a team that is certainly going to have a crack at him. Um, the anecdotal evidence is that uh, Emerson Jecker, his old man, has been telling people he's going to play at Hawthorne next year. Apparently Essendon have been trying to get him. Jecker's a big Essendon supporters. supporters. they do come from that part of the world. Um, but Jecker, I can't imagine, will, given the way he finished the season, as an emerging key uh, key defender, I can't imagine Jacko going anywhere. So I would imagine they'll be announcing on that before too long. Um, Seamus Mitchell is the interesting one. We have been dying to see him play in Hawthorne colours because when he was drafted, he was giving Hawthorne the the write up for Mitchell was exactly what the team needed: um, some run and carry and a bit of a uh, bit of spark. Uh, crawled by injuries, pretty much this year. Underwhelming at Box Hill when he did play. Future is unclear. Though he might be the player, but one of those players has to wait till the, after the trade period before establishing what will happen to him going forward. Josh Morris again. There's suggestions that he's been told. Uh, I think Prinsie might have been told that he uh, might have heard secondhand that he is contracted for next year, but uh, no formal announcement from the club at this stage. And last one is Jack Saunders, who. I think, Weesey, on the basis that who they've got rid of, you would think Jack Saunders is going to, he's going to be safe for next year. He's going to get at least one more year because he's probably the third wingman on the list.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really hard. I mean, we saw enough of him in the first quarter and a half of the last game of the season where we were all pretty excited and then he went missing and didn't didn't see anything from him from for the rest of the game, but... Oh, I feel like of all of the names you've just mentioned, clearly Jack is the standout, given the key position factor and the way he ended the season, his project the 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 project to turn him into a defender through Box Hill for the second half of the year. He's clearly the standout, sir. So, um Josh Morris looked really good when he did get game time, so. Um, the reality is the rest of the names that you mentioned, you you get the feeling like the last couple of years we will potentially hold off to scope out who else is around from uh, the listed free agent point of view, who else can come in as a supplemental player, um, how many picks we want to take to the draft, and there'll be a whole lot of juggling that goes on around them. So it'll be interesting to watch.
0: All right, so that's um, where the list stands uh, at the moment. Yeah, and the
1: other Ash, um, I feel like you should uh, we should be talking a little bit about Kyle Hardigan as well.
0: Yes, Hardigan has uh, been delisted. Um, the Kyle Hardigan experience is a hard one to. It's a hard one to to put my finger on. Again, uh, a good player, a good clubman, probably. We knew when we are getting him as a listed free agent or whatever he was, um, that we were going to get major quality out of him. Um, I think of the Carlton game last year, he clobbered someone and got suspended and they badly missed him for weeks. He didn't play. He was supposedly totally going to be maybe for of a James Foley replacement. didn't quite uh, pan out. Brad, give us a few words of farewell for uh, Cole Hardigan.
2: I thought actually last year he was quite serviceable. He... With, you know,
0: um, DGB being quite
2: raw, Frost, you know, not being able to really play key position. I thought Hardigan actually performed quite well when he had to play on guys like uh, Tommy Hawkins and your Taylor Walkers and those guys. Uh, unfortunately, he did have a few brain fades, uh, but he was worth a try. You know, he obviously came on the cheap. We gave him, a, you know, he ha- ended up having... A, there were mixed uh, reports. I think some people thought he got a three-year deal, but I'm pretty sure it was only a two-year deal. Maybe there would have been a third with the trigger, which he didn't hit. But I thought he was serviceable. This year, it was definitely the right decision not to play him. I know he played a few games, and incredibly, Sam Mitchell made him the sub a couple of times, which I've got no idea why. But, yeah, seemed like a good uh, clubman, really popular when playing for Box Hill. But watching his last few games for Box Hill, uh, I think his time was definitely up. And quite surprised to hear that St Kilda have rumoured to offer him a two-year deal, similar to the James Frawley story. So, be interesting to see if he goes to the Saints and if he actually gets
0: out on the park. I don't know what they're doing down St Kilda, but uh, that is one from the people, our friends at Saints Insiders. To worry about um, that is the um, more or less um, more more or less sums up the player movements for the time. Means a bit of uh, movement off the field that I think we should discuss. A couple of coaches departing. The first one we'll talk about quickly: Andy Otten, who was development coach um, at the club. He is uh, at the, uh, the club I think for. Three years, um, former Adelaide Crows player, was a huge Hawthorne supporter uh, before he joined the Crows. So this would have been a childhood dream for him to be back involved in the footy club. He moves on. I The, the suspicion here is, and we talked about this in our WhatsApp group, that he probably had a contract for two years that uh, Mitchell was happy to honour, but probably with the understanding that uh, he would then move on at the end of all that. Um, his Box Hill reports were always... Uh, how, how would you describe his, his weekly Box Hill summations of the list of players at Box Hill?
1: I'd say they were um, a, lodged a few hours after Prinzi's, but um <laughs> <laughs> always good for a read. Look, I think... I think It's a glass
0: half full, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were always very positive, and um, I guess if you hadn't watched the game, uh, i probably uh, putting things in a light that doesn't necessarily describe how a lot of the players are played, but, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head with Andy Otten, and, uh, I mean, the exciting, not that you ever want to talk about departures as being exciting, uh, the exciting thing is that clearly the Otten, and I'm sure you'll talk about Monkey shortly, they are clearly um, victims of the... Um, the the new 4A forward under Sam Mitchell. And exactly as you said, you know, they were obviously <laughs> under contract. Our salary cap was tight. So even if you let them go, you'd be paying out. In terms of our off-field cap with the whole Clarko um, saga. Um, so they were always going to be... Uh, anyone who was under contract was pretty much going to be kept on while... Sam did the rejuggle and reshuffle, and clearly they're victims of that.
0: Yeah, looking forward to finding out who is coming to the club as his replacement. with The soft cap going up will obviously allow. Maybe there'll be two people. I think they are very keen to get a couple of development coaches into the building. So we'll wait to see with that one. Monkey, of course, is a big loss. A beloved figure at the footy club. I think he logged thirteen years. As the ruck coach, I think he, he joined the club in 2010. I think he'd been working at Richmond before then. He comes in as the... Uh, so he came in a hugely important figure, um, played a massive role in the three-peat, working with the likes of Max Bailey and David Hale and Ben McAvoy and Johnny Segler um, and others who have come in and... He will be missed, and I don't know the circumstances. It might be uh, – I don't know if it's a Mitchell thing. He's got, so, again, someone else in mind, but he was absolutely beloved. Uh, for someone who was a kind of a premiership hero, he's become quite identifiable with Hawthorne as well. Um, Ash, and do you, you do not get You don't get emotional about coaches, but I was sad to read about it.
1: Do you think we might already have our next ruck coach in our coaching fraternity, and it might not be a ruck coach that we're looking for? You saying David Hale? Well, I mean, he's there. So, I, but, it's I why... but it's not a full time.
0: But it's not a full time ruck coach. He's not a full time role for assistant coach. I mean, maybe Sam's got some grand plans to radically shake things up. Um, but I mean, maybe. maybe I mean, if you want to think laterally, maybe David Hale holds some sort of ruck, another role. And I know a certain former Coleman medal-winning number two who works for a bowside footy club could be coming as a forward coach. I mean, that would be – well, that would then, then we'd all be cheering from the rooftops if that was the case. Um, I had heard from the source that uh, Roughhead was out at St Kilda, but then uh, someone else I know followed up that uh, rumour and said that was not true. Um, and Roughhead has recently been in the homes of prospective draftees, interviewing them wearing this thing called a polo. So I don't think he's leaving the Saints anytime soon. Um, but yeah, so a sad day, Monkey. Yeah, uh, Brad, any thoughts on that? I think you've uh,
2: covered it. Thirteen years is a long time, though, to be at one club. So. Yeah could just be time for a change you know he's obviously as you said really popular figure you'd see him in the game sitting on the bench always with training you know taking part of skills plays having a bit of a laugh uh, with him but it might just be our time Sam's obviously you know having a bit of a restructure of the club at the moment and time for change as we head into the next phase of hopefully our next uh, successful uh, run it's just our time he's obviously as you said was there for you know the last you know our uh, three flags, you know, for the 3 Pete And I'm sure he'll get another job somewhere else in our footy, but it'll be good to see who replaces him. Some it's, a critical,
0: it's a critical appointment because you've got uh, Ned Reeves coming into, you know, as predicted by me, a top five ruckman in three years' time, and, uh, and Ramson, who are all a bit excited about as well. So uh, they've got to get the choice right. But again, I reasonable faith that uh, there is a pretty a pretty sound solution at hand. Patrick, good evening. you got a question for us?
2: Hi, just wondering a few off-field things. Do we know any news about Dingley and Tasmania?
0: Uh, good questions, Patrick. Dingley.
2: Um,
0: well, the feels bullying... like we haven't heard a lot about Dingley in a while for something so important. Well, I keep telling us how what a great, uh, great uh, developments to be for Footy Club, but I think they. I, th- I read somewhere that they've uh, the tenders have been. Um, finalise and that building's going to start. Look, I think it's going to be done in stages, Patrick. I think the first stage will be to make it ready as possible for the AFLW team to move in and play games there and then the footy department will move in and then all the facilities for the rest of the administration and the, the museum and the the fan uh, community facilities will come in after that. But it's going to be a gradual process over a few years. Tasmania, we wait to find out what happens to the AFL decision uh, the AFL uh, the, the the 19th team, the Commission will hand its uh, final report in pretty soon. They've got a bit more money to play with now, obviously, with the TV new TV rights deal. Um, and then the Tasmanian uh, government will respond to that. Um, I think the best outcome for Hawthorne will be that the Tasmanian team goes ahead and in the meantime they get bridging deals done with the government on an annual, year, annual deal with Tassie. Until such time as the Tassie team comes in, that might be the way to go. If if there's no Tassie team uh, coming in, then there is a possibility that the uh, Tasmanian government spits the dummy, says, uh, thank you, but polite FU to Hawthorne and North Melbourne, and Tassie finishes pretty quickly. But as we said in this space, there'd be, uh, be a lot of the businesses and tourism enterprises in Northern Tasmania would be disappointed if Hawthorne didn't come to town. So, probably wait to see. Uh, good question. And certainly, let's hope somebody asked those questions of the club before too long. Patrick, thanks for being with us tonight. Um, the other thing, uh, from an admin point of view, is that Cam Matthews is the uh, probably number two in the football department in terms of the footy administrator, he was sort of the footy operations guy. Looks like uh, we see he's been headhunted to North Melbourne to go work with uh, work with Clarco.
1: Yeah, hardly surprising that there would be a name or two. Um, obviously, the initial focus is on which players are going to follow Clarko out the door and, and we've seen already the connection with Todd Biney. It's not that surprising. It was just kind of a matter of who... Ash, do you want to explain to everyone, um, because we asked the question in the WhatsApp group and and you've talked about Ruffy, the machinations of what would need to shuffle around and whether or not there's any correlation from a footy department versus a list side of things with this and and opportunities for Ruffy to come in?
0: Well, I think Ruffy's interest is twofold. His interest and his work at St Kilda has been... Around list management and and bench coach, and I think uh, Max King's personal trainer. So, and given the way Max King finished the year from a goal kicking perspective, Ruffy's work there is no major recommendation. Um, Ruffy and Mitchell are close. They were reportedly had met a couple of times this year. Uh, they're close, but in a different way. They're, they're sort of guys that wouldn't um th- th- they would uh, they wouldn't they compliment each other, but without necessarily. There'd be a bit of the yin and the yang about them. Um, But ruffy has been in good for three years now. Probably needs to work out at some stage what he wants to do. Does he want to go down the coaching path or more the list management part? Certainly, if it's list management, Hawthorne would be pretty well covered now with um, Mark Finnegan coming in as the recruiting manager underneath list manager um, Mark McKenzie. So just not sure what's interesting with Ruffy at the moment. I don't see the obvious admins vacancy for him. I'm not sure his role at St Kilda is one of a footy ops sort of role because um, he was the, the day-to-day. The footy ops role is you know the day-to-day. What flights are we taking to Tasmania? You know What time do we want to get everyone out in the track? Do we need to get extra staffers in to do this, that and the other? Where's the rehab going to be after the night game? Are we going to the mission pool to do a recovery? That sort of um, thing. And I'm not I- sure that's Ruffy's go.
1: And so, do you think the position is one that would generally then be a promotion from within, or once that announcement was made, or once his resignation's been handed in, uh, Sammy and the team scouring other club lists to work out who can they who they can try and poach?
0: Well, there's two ways you could do it. They they could promote from within, and to be honest, I don't even know who the people, the the names of the people who at the club who'd be below that role. There might be someone at Box Hill, there might be an operations guy at Box Hill that Sam knows that uh, he might bring across. Well, they may have, again, they may, uh, again, it's the sort of role that as soon as Cam Matthews announces his, it's announced that he's leaving to go North Melbourne, uh, Rob McCartney would have had 15 CVs in his inbox within an hour. would be a lot of people sort of holding lower you know, coordination sort of roles in footy who would look upon this as a as a promotion to sort of go, the next step up is to be the footy ops manager at, a, at an AFL club. So there'll be no shortage of people in the industry. Um, the industry is gaining, but a lot of good people were lost. You know, 30% of the workforce in footy clubs or the footy departments was lost during COVID. So there's some good people out there who'd be desperate to get back in industry, working in out sports as well. So I've got no doubt I'll find someone pretty capable. I don't think that is the role for Ruffy, I could be wrong. It could be wrong. Maybe may the perfect role for him, but I'm just not sure. Ruffy's role is, you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, You need a master's in in witch hat moving to, for a role like that, and I'm not quite sure that's Ruffy's go. What
2: do you think, Brad? Hundred percent, like fully, agree uh, with you. And it's an interesting one what you said, like Mitchell and uh, Ruffy. They so different, yet yeah, probably so are similar. Um, you know, Ruffy seems a bit more of you know the uh, yeah the uh, Joker, uh, light
0: hearted. He's got a hard edge. He's got a hard edge, Ruffy. He's beneath the uh, Joker, yeah. right? He is uh, he is ruthless, and you know a, the 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 Dan Hannonbury bump is. Gives you indication, sort of, operator yeah. Ruffy is, and and I reckon as he, like as
2: uh, we all would think, you know, he'd be perfect for us for such a young club. Yeah, he just seems to be like the perfect person for these young kids to be at, around, especially for our young forwards uh, to learn off. Like as you mentioned with uh, Max King, so obviously, you know, Ruffy probably sees a lot of his uh, younger self in yeah. uh, Max, and I think you know he probably. He's been there since the start of Max's career at St Kilda. He's probably going to want to see out at least, you know, the next couple of years. I
0: hope I'm uh, wrong, and he somehow yeah. does end it, up at us. It might also be with that recruiting role that the, the movement happens after the draft as well. It might be that um, that's the moving time for recruiters. So it could be a rough He's coming to Hawthorne in some sort of role, but it's not going to happen until yeah. He's he owes St Kilda, yeah. His term at St Kilda finishes more or less after the draft. And that's not to the end of November. So we watch this space, uh, Daniel. G'day, you've got a question for us. Hello, Daniel.
4: Sorry, I was muted. Um, yeah, on Cam, it's it's a bit of a perfect storm for Cam in that he's, he, he, him and his family are very close to the Clarksons and his nickname amongst those that know us is Kanga. He's been a mad kangaroos man for, years, oh, for really? all of his life. Um But his loss is is a twofold one. So it's the admin side. And what a lot of people, because he's very unknown within the broader industry, is his footy knowledge is nearly second to none. So it'll be interesting the way they structure his replacement, whether they get a football football person in to help with the bench or they just reallocate that bench role to an assistant coach like a roughhead where that's where I could see him coming in and – And learning more of the admin side and have someone specifically for the admin side of it in the short term.
0: It's a really good point. Um, Thanks for jumping on board. I mean, they actually are down. Yeah, I think Cam did have a bench roll. So they've actually lost two of their major bench people uh, for for next year. Sam was coaching on the bench for a while, but even then, you still need a really strong uh, bench person down there. They've lost both Monk Horse, who was a bench coach, and Cam Matthews. That's going to be a shuffle. So that's really, yeah. So maybe that is the. Maybe that's Ruffy's role. He comes in as the bench coach and uh, and picks up, maybe learns the ropes in the, in the admin role. I hadn't really thought of that, but that's a, a really valid point. And I said, I've, well, so I think everyone speaks with their heart a bit, hoping that uh, Ruffy does come back to Hawthorne at some stage. And, and the insider came out. I had no no idea that he's actually a big North, that he's a big North man. So to go with Clarko to, to fix up North is probably his dream job. So... Uh, the club wouldn't stand his way, but I suspect they probably uh, had their suspicions, I think, from the minute Clarko took the job at North, they probably identified uh, Cam as someone who would probably be leaving. Uh, thanks, Daniel. Anything else you want to chat about?
4: No, I'm just I'm just curious how... You, oh, I'm listening to you talking about the delistings and who's coming and who's going. By our calculations today, we, we worked out that there could be anywhere up to eight list spots to fill. And the way we fill them with at the moment a minimal draft hand, it is going to be the the interesting way. And I would, I personally would love to get, um, the the two boys you spoke about earlier, Bruin and and, uh, and the Henry. Geelong players, brother Henry, yeah, um, in because again, as you said, they suit our mould and the age demographic. And and I've been I've been wrapped with the year and and from a personal level that. The effort was there, and you can see what they're trying to do. Now it's just about adding college. It is.
0: Watching the finals on the weekend. Thanks. Great to have you, Daniel. Uh, watching the finals on the weekend. I was at both the MCG finals, and Hawthorne is miles off. And I think Mitchell said as much of the footy classified on Wednesday night, uh, on Monday night when he was a, a panellist. Haw- Hawthorne is miles off, being at that standard to play. Now Hawthorne can play a bit of that for 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, you know, again, a play at that sort of level, but it falls away pretty quickly after that. It shows for all the improvements made this season and for, and for the excitement there is, they do, Brad, have a long way to go.
2: Absolutely. And that's why I just like, I know you, you think 2024 we're going to be playing finals. I reckon it's 2025. I reckon we're, the, this group of players and our list, we've still got another probably a year, if not two of seriously our turnover. Um, as the last, you know, person that spoke said, um, Dan said, eight list spots potentially this year. I think in the last couple of seasons we've turned over nearly fifty percent of our list, and we've still got fringe players who we've spoken about who are not going to be part of our next, uh, hopefully, uh, premiership side, if not final side. Uh, and as uh, you said, we're a while off. Like to think that we only won eight games this year as you think and myself and others probably think we'll be lucky to win eight next year, to go from eight to, say, 12 or 13 in 2024, I just can't see it happening. This group of players need to play at least 50 to 70 games together before we know if they're going to make it or not, you know, in terms of the quality. You know, they can be an eight to 10 side, but we really in the next two to three years need to be building what will hopefully become our next premiership side. So I don't think it's a bad thing that we're going to struggle as uh, you said over the next uh, couple of years, but yeah, watching the last week's finals and I believe the quality at the moment now is not even close to how strong our, you know, obviously our three P team was and the quality of footy. Then I think the standard of football has dropped. And I still think we're miles off. So, yeah, in my opinion, I still think three years away from playing
1: finals. And just one more thing to add to uh, Daniel's comments. Uh, We're very similar to probably most of you guys in this group where something happens and then you are just for hours in your own WhatsApp groups just uh, going around in circles with all the different machinations of something that happens. But... um. Those, you know, we were talking about the number of list spots available and, and Prinzi's the guru. He's got an article coming out tomorrow that looks at list spots, so keep an eye out for that. Um, one thing to remember with those sort of seven, eight, nine picks available are that um, Ramsden and Blank as mid-year selections take up two of the spots that have already gone, according to Prinzi, in terms of that side of things. So... If it is the seven, eight, nine that we're after, even pre-looking at the the Bruins and the Henrys of this world, um, we're probably likely to see a couple of those guys that you mentioned earlier, Ash, getting the chop.
0: Well, we uh, we'll see what they have to do now. A few things before we finish up. Your piece uh, today—you've been—you've uh, been doing lots of networking. You dropped a big piece about the Hawks and how well they're doing from a commercial. Standpoint, and if Tasmania does disappear, then uh, they are certainly showing signs of being able to. uh, They don't have too many difficulties going out and finding commercial partners, Hawthorne. But you buried the lead a little bit, and this is a bit of scuttlebutt that we've heard. A few people have reached out to us, Uh, Weese. What's your understanding about Adidas?
1: I'm uh, I'm I'm not sure. Are we on the record here? Are we off the record <laughs> here? Well a few people uh, reached out
0: if... a couple reached out to us and said uh it's gonna be out at a dash and in Sketches, believe it or not. Well I didn't think Sketches did apparel, but uh sketches yep, a the other day and they, oh, they didn't have anything Look, that goes above your ankle.
1: We've seen uh some reports from Sketches. We've seen someone throw in an ISC um, there have been a couple of other thoughts. And um, look, uh, I think uh, we can talk about the article separate to the Adidas thing. But in terms of the Adidas thing, in terms of my source, um, all I'll say is that we should be expecting something to happen over the next few weeks. Um, and that, um, uh, let's just say, I guess reasons for that will come out when announcements are made. Yeah,
0: well, well, wait, wait, wait here for the club, but uh, it's we're, we're hearing from a few different people that that they may not be with out uh, It's just been a great partnership that started twenty thirteen when they won the uh, when they won the first of the three P flags, and uh, but at one once they had several clubs out of and I think even Essendon for a couple of years it was Hawthorn, Essendon. I reckon this year, without knowing for certain, I think Hawthorne was the only club that had that this year. So it just might be that. Uh, they're looking elsewhere we'll find out but uh, as you said the Hawks having no trouble finding great uh, sponsors and partners across different parts of their business
1: yeah and I think about like going back 12 months to um, you know everything drummed up through Hawks for Change and it's made me think a lot about the state of our club in general and Obviously, we talk a lot about what's happening on the field and the development and, um, you know, after the Clarkson side of things and Hawks for Change, uh, a lot of the items on their agenda were around membership numbers and I think we smashed the 81K this year. Um, Granted, that includes the AFLW um, memberships, which it hasn't previously We look at what's happening at Dingley. We look at the fact that we've gotten out of pokies. And then I started thinking about, we were drip drip fed these announcements throughout the year about new commercial partners. And I'd mentioned them on a space here or there. And some of them were random, like Valo was the lighting and LED signage partner or Nature Valley from a snack bar point of view. my... How do they
0: compromise? Wouldn't they have the sponsor to get together? Do they put the KFC people next to the Nature Valley people, Brad? That's
1: just to make them feel better. They yeah. share each other's product. <laughs> I think there's joy as well in terms of infant and early childhood brand, and that was um, that was from a product placement point of view put into like all of the junior and toddler hawk membership pack side of things. So. Oh, I think it was just worth looking at and exploring the sheer number of commercial partners we've managed to get on board and actually say, um, oh, well, half of it is clearly as a result of having our AFLW team, and a number of them are specifically linked purely to AFLW. But the incredible job that our commercial team's done like signing Nissan on for five years initially, given the state of the automotive industry, um, the KFC deal, BP, you look at the numbers um, and and the innovation that's gone into building our brand and our brand value. Um, And yeah, I think it was just worth highlighting and applauding our commercial department and what an incredible job they've done and, You know, we're all focusing week to week on the on-field stuff. I feel like it's good to sit back, have a look and go off the field and behind the scenes. You know, we've just got – we're we're a a mighty force off the field, which is is amazing.
0: They've come a long way from Sophia's Pizza on the shorts, that's for sure, (laughs) Uh, the Hawks. AFLW, reality starts to set in for the Hawketts. Um, 9 saint Kilda defeated Hawthorne 1-4-10 at Boxall City over last Sunday A utterly depressing afternoon that within the first few minutes of the game Tamara Luke went down clutching her knee, that is now an ACL she will be out for the season um, and then uh, Lou Stevenson an ankle injury uh, that may or may not have her back at all for the rest of the season so the Hawks were dealt a reality check. Another excellent report from Naomi Levine on Hawks Insiders, summing up the afternoon. It was a great afternoon sort of in terms of the first home game, a healthy crowd, lots of brown and gold. The TV commentators remarking it was a very, very one-sided pro Hawthorne crowd. So great to see the Hawthorne supporters getting behind the team. But I think the reality is now that it's going to be a Bit of a uh, struggle for them to get through the season. Hopefully there will be a win there somewhere. They play Richmond at the Punt Road Oval on Sunday four ten, I believe is the game. Uh, Or the Swinburne Centre, as it's now called.
1: Can I just say that, um, I mean, half of it's because Daz isn't here, but it has been brilliant having our... Number one Levine ticket holder, uh, <laughs> the Levine that everyone's been begging for, for since the early right. days. Um, writing the reports, um, and I know Naomi's uh in the space mm-hmm. tonight, so thank too shy you, to well come on. No, they're, they're brilliant. The reports have been brilliant,
0: they've been brilliant. So, we thank her, and hopefully, she'll be writing semi-regularly for us on AFLW. And I don't think she knows about the men's side just quite as well for the rest of the season. Two-day debutantes for the Hawks on Sunday. Bridie Hipwell comes in, as does Isabel Porter. Um, was a number 10 pick at the National Draft, 174 centimetres. She's in year 12 at Furbank Grammar, which is just around the corner from where a couple of the insiders live. Great video on the Hawks. Uh, put up this afternoon God, i Goddard going to a school and basically breaking into a class to announce to her that, and to her classmates that she'll be making a debut. I think she's got a bit of the uh, Elsa Clarkson show genes in that respect, A sort of uh, stunt Clarko would have pulled as well. Uh, Porter uh, averaged 15.4 disposal, 3.6 marks, and 2.8 tackles in the VFL program. She originally from... Uh, from St. Mary's in the Northern Territory Football League and also spent time at Williamstown before coming to Hawthorne. So we wish them both well against Richmond, who are going okay this season. So it'll be a tough outing, but uh, playing in the shadows of the MCG, hopefully the Hawks will be inspired. I think that is all for the Uh, Spacers. Any last things you want to discuss, boys, before we finish up?
1: No, I think keep no. an eye out. If, if you haven't had the chance to check out the um, article on the, the commercial side of things, uh, you should. It's so well written. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well sub so, well, no,
0: edited anyway. Um, um, no, it was very tomorrow, and Princey's is a very really good piece. back tomorrow pace. with a good list analysis piece. And We've got a couple of things lined up. Um, we'll probably do this again. There's enough news around the Hawks. We'll do this again, uh, probably do this again next week. I would imagine we'll jump into the emergency space if a major, major news happens. Um, otherwise, we'll do that. And uh, our plan, and we've got to work through a couple of logistic things because a couple of nights a few of us are unavailable, but uh, we're going to try and do nightly spaces during the trade period. They were so successful, so popular last year. Try and bring on a couple of guests as well to help explain it all. Certainly, Cal Toomey is very happy to come on in the next few weeks and have a chat as we'll get him on for sure um, as a friend of the Hawks Insiders, so that has been it for this uh, for this uh, spaces. Thank you everyone for your support of Hawks Insiders. It is fifty dollars for the year, five dollars a month for the best Hawthorne content there is going around. Uh, we'll keep bringing you the best of what we've got over the next little while. Uh, quick tips before we go, Brad and he uh, for the next couple of days. Tips for what? Football, mate, they're still playing.
2: I'm going to go with Melbourne by 21 points and I'm going to go with Collingwood by 13 points for the games this weekend.
0: he?
1: I think uh, the Demons will win comfortably, maybe seven or eight goals. Uh, and I actually think Frio can upset Collingwood. I've got a sneaky feeling about Frio, so I'm going to tip an outsider there.
0: Frio could, yeah. Collingwood might be the straight sets exit that many predicted for them, and let's hope they do leave, because then they'll start making their play moves next week, and we may be a bit wiser as to what's happening with uh, the player we want to get from them. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Hopefully we'll talk to you next week on Hawks Insiders. Enjoy the footy weekend. Go the Hawks against the Tigers. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks and good night.